Welcome to episode 10 of In the Abstract, the Lakeland Title Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Jossaw, the founder and owner of Lakeland Title. For this episode, I thought I was going to go over just some things in your kind of uh, personal, legal, and financial life that you really need to review every year. Since we're just starting a new year, I thought this would be a good uh, podcast to do. And I also used to do this as a segment when I did uh, some local radio a few years ago, and people seem to really enjoy it, and people seem to like it, so I thought I'll make a podcast out of it. So we'll just get right into it. One thing you're going to want to do at least once a year is to check your credit report. Now, each of the credit reporting agencies legally have to give you a free copy of your credit report uh, once a year. So you can do this all at once at the beginning of the year or at the end of the year, or you can space it out throughout the year since there are three agencies that do these reports, so you're getting one kind of frequently, but you should at least do it once a year. And so the companies are Experian, Equifax, and TransUnion. So those are the three companies that the credit data is reported to. So things like your you know, credit taken out in your name, uh, your payment history, things like that, uh, and these are the things that make up what's called your FICO score, which stands for the Fair Isaac Company, which came up with the whole idea of credit scores. But your credit score, you're not entitled to get that for free. But your credit report, which is where your credit score comes from, you can get a copy of that for free each year from each of those three companies. So that's definitely something you should do. And the reason for that is because it's a lot easier to fix any problems on that credit report if you catch it in that first year, uh, just because the longer time passes, the harder it is to kind of correct any errors, and you just want to know if there are errors in your credit report because you don't want that to pop up when you're trying to apply for a mortgage or get a car loan or something like that and to have to fix it at that point. So it's just easier if once a year you go and you pull those reports and make sure that everything's in order. There's nothing on there that is either fraudulent or mistaken, and you just go about correcting any kind of mistakes or, or fraud or anything like that that may be in those reports. And another thing you're going to want to be aware of is that if you have an LLC, every year you're required to file an annual report for that LLC. And so that's something to stay in good standing. You have to file that uh, annual report, and there's a small filing fee with it. You can do it online if you want to. They also have paper forms you can send in. Uh, but you're going to have to do that if you have an LLC. You have to do that every year just to kind of keep your information up to date with the Secretary of State on uh, you know, who the owners are, who the registered agent is, what the address is for the LLC, things like that. So if you have LLCs you're going to want to make sure you remember to do your annual report. Uh, and if you do have an LLC or any kind of other business, you're going to want to kind of just think about maybe is it time to update your operating agreement or, uh, you know, your bylaws if you have a corporation. Uh, you know, do you have buy-sell agreements in place, uh, you know, for your partners or other shareholders? Uh, you know, is your employee handbook up to date? Are your employee policies up to date? You know, if you haven't looked at them in a long time – you know, beginning of the year is maybe a good time to start kind of thinking about that so you can, uh, you know, use this time to, to start cleaning those kind of things up. Just some things to consider if you own a business that has other people involved and has employees. And since this is a real estate show, we'll get into a couple real estate items that you might want to consider. If you're renting uh, a home or apartment right now, you're going to want to think about is your lease expiring soon? Because if you listen to my podcast episode on uh, leases, you'll know that there are automatic renewal clauses and there are you know, deadlines to let your landlord know if you're going to uh, renew the lease or if you're going to you know, let it expire. So something to think about, just kind of you know, remember, maybe review your lease to make sure it's not expiring soon. Uh, also, if you bought a new home, uh, you're going to want to go listen to my episode on the New Home Warranty Act to make sure that none of those deadlines are, are coming up because there are uh, one, two, three... Uh, and five-year deadlines on that new home warranty act. So you're going to want to go listen to 
those episodes. If you have a new home, the new home warranty act episode, if you're renting, you want to go listen to that lease episode to make sure that you don't run into any problems on that end. Now, this next one is something that uh, a lot of people really don't think about, but I think it's important is that you're going to want to look at your net worth at least once a year. Most people don't even think about their net worth, but I think it's something important for you to just kind of know just for your own peace of mind. So your net worth is just everything you own versus everything you owe. So when you have more assets than you have debts, then you would have a positive net worth. And so you can just do it with a simple spreadsheet. I'm sure there are forms online uh, and and apps that you can probably do it with, but if you don't want to do all that, a simple spreadsheet can also work because it's just basic math. So, I mean, it's everything you own. So, you know, IRAs, 401ks, cryptocurrencies, cash, stocks, cars, uh, the value of your house. And then you're going to put that against what you owe on like things like credit cards or student loans or your mortgage. And then uh, that final number, the difference between those two numbers is going to be your net worth. And when I was getting out of debt, uh, it was very helpful to kind of just keep track of that because it was kind of a motivating factor to see you know, my net worth changed as I paid off debt. And so I think it's something that you should definitely do uh, at least once a year. It's just kind of keep up with what's my net worth right now because it'll help you kind of stay focused and stay motivated in your career. And it'll just let you know that if you're on the right path or the wrong path or if there's any kind of changes you need to make to your personal budget or your spending and saving habits. So it's just a really good thing to kind of be mindful of. And along the lines of your financial life, you know, when the new year starts, you're going to start getting all those tax documents, uh, and you're going to have to start figuring out your taxes for the year. And so it's a good time to kind of think about that. Are you getting a large refund? Uh, if you're getting a large refund, that means that more money is being taken out of your check than is necessary to pay your taxes. So you might want to talk to your HR or bookkeeping department to kind of reduce what is being withheld because you're giving the government a free loan for a year that you really don't have to. And so you don't want more taken out of your check than is necessary. Uh, I understand like people don't like to write checks to the government at the end of the year, so you don't want an insufficient amount taken out. But you know, ideally, the closest you can get it to where it's kind of even, to where you're not getting a refund, but you're not paying anything at the end of the year, you know, that's, the, that's the sweet spot. That's ideal. That's kind of hard to do, but you definitely don't want to get some large refund, because that means that way too much was taken out of your check, and you need to make some adjustments to what's being withheld. And the last one that's kind of applicable to everyone is your emergency contact. So you're going to want to make sure once a year that your emergency contact, you know, on your phone and in your uh, medical records, that it's up to date, that it's somebody who's still willing to be that emergency contact for you. So you want to make sure that that's the right person, because if, God forbid, something happens, you want to make sure they're calling somebody that that knows what to do and that can uh, handle the situation. You don't want it to be somebody that, you know, doesn't even live in town anymore or that you don't have anything to do with anymore. So just another thing to think about, make sure that emergency contact is up to date in your medical records and in your phone, uh, all that kind of stuff. Now, the next things I'm going to get into, uh, may not apply to everyone, but you know, maybe they might be helpful to some people. Uh, you're going to want to think about the changes that have happened in your life over the previous year. So, you know, for example, did you leave your job? If you did leave your job, does your employment contract have a non-compete clause in it? You know, so you're going to want to know so that you're not uh, possibly getting yourself in some trouble if you're doing something that's violating the non-compete clause in your employment contract. Uh, and if you did leave your job, you also want to check, uh, you know, what happens to your vacation days and sick days if they're not used. What's the company policy on that? Do you get paid out for those? or they just vanish? And that's also, in general, even if you didn't leave your job, it's a good thing to know what your 
office's policy is on vacation days? Uh, do they just vanish if you don't use them at the end of the year? Do they roll over? Do you get paid out for them? Those are all important things to know so that you're not missing out on any sort of benefits that come with your employment uh, because that really is – that's money. Uh, you know, those kind of benefits, you know, are part of your compensation. So you should be making sure that you're taking full advantage of all the policies that your company has for vacation days and all those kind of things. So just some things to think about as far as employment goes. Uh, as far as other changes in your life, you know, did you get married? Did you get divorced? You know, do you have kids? Did you have kids in the previous year? Did some nieces and nephews come on the scene? Because those are things you're going to need to think of. Uh, when we get to things like uh, guardianship declarations. So if you have children, do you either have a will that sets out who would become their guardian if, God forbid, something happened to you? Uh, if you don't have that, do you have a guardianship declaration, which is kind of like a simpler form? It's not a full-blown will. It's just kind of like a one-page form that uh, sets out who will be the guardians of your kids if you know anything happened to you. And so if you had kids, or if you've never done this and you had kids years ago, you, it's really something you need to get taken care of. Uh, just so that it's spelled out what, who you want taking care of your kids if you're not around. So very important. I know it's a tough thing to think about, but it's really something you need to consider if you're in that situation. And another thing is if you do have a will uh, and you did get married, you might want to change that will. Or if you got divorced, you might want to change that will. I used to see that commonly when I did uh, some estate work would be that you know people would pass away and they'd have these wills that they never updated and everything would be going to their ex-wife that they had divorced, you know, 10 years ago. And that's definitely not a situation that you want to be in. Uh, even though you're not going to be around, it's still not something you want to put uh, your loved ones through because it just gets very awkward. Um, and if you had another child, you know, or it's your first child, you're going to want to put that child in your will or you're going to want to add additional children to your will. Or if you had one of your kids has now turned 18, maybe you wrote your will when the kids weren't 18, and so you had provisions in there for minors inheriting uh, from you, but now you know one of your kids has turned 18, or all of your kids have turned 18, so you would need to change those provisions in your will. So just something to kind of think about, and start of the new year is a good time to think about that. Um, and along those same lines is insurance policies. So insurance policies have beneficiaries, and so if you've had changes in your life, maybe you need to change the beneficiaries on your insurance policies. So I've seen situations before where someone gets married, but they still had their parents as the beneficiaries on their insurance policies because they just never got around and never thought about changing the beneficiary to their spouse. Or, uh, you know, they, they got the insurance policy when they were married. They're now divorced, but they never changed the insurance policy. So the ex-wife or the ex-husband is still on that insurance policy. That can create, you know, big problems too. Uh, so you just want to kind of make sure that all that stuff is up to date and correct, uh, so that there's no kind of awkward situations if something happens to you. And another thing with insurance is you're going to want to think about in the previous year, did you make a large asset purchase? So something that's not a house or a car that you would obviously have insurance on, but something, you know, art, jewelry, a watch, some kind of asset like that that's going to cost you four or five figures that you purchased in the previous year, do you have insurance on that? So uh, if you own a home and you have a homeowner's insurance policy, you can get a rider to that to cover you know, a lot of large assets. Uh, you can also just get specific insurance policies for those large assets, but it's definitely something you're going to want to consider uh, because you spend a lot of money on it. And so if something happens to it, you want to be able uh, 
to have that insured, you know, unless you're just willing to self-insure it. So that's just another thing to think about. And I'd mentioned wills previously in the context of, you know, having children or nieces or nephews uh, or a spouse. But really, even if that's not your situation, you're still going to want to think about if it's time for you to have a will. So, you know, maybe it is the right time for you to have a, have a will. I personally think everyone should have a will. Uh, and maybe you need a living will. I mean, a living will is kind of going to kind of direct your loved ones of how you want to be treated in these kind of, you know, difficult medical situations. It makes things a whole lot easier uh, on your family, friends, loved ones that are, you know, going to be asked by the doctors, you know, what do we do in this situation? And a living will will give them your guidance on that if, you know, you can't communicate that yourself. Uh, and also a medical power of attorney that maybe in your situation might be something that you need. You might need a medical power of attorney uh, in case, you know, you're in some kind of medical situation and you can't communicate and make decisions for yourself. You're, you can have someone else that can make those decisions for you. And also just a general power of attorney so that, uh, you know, if you are incapacitated in some way or something happens and it might just be necessary for someone else to make decisions on your behalf. So something to think about, those documents might be something uh, that you may need at this point in your life, so just something to kind of consider. And along those estate planning lines, uh, even if you don't have a will, there are certain things you're going to want to do to make things easier for your loved ones if something should happen to you. Uh, one of those things is you're going to have a list of your accounts and your assets. So, you know, where are you uh, storing your assets? You know, where are your retirement accounts? Where's your savings account? Where's your checking account? You know, where are these assets located? If you have those in one consolidated list, it makes it a lot easier when your loved ones have to go through the probate process or the succession process, as we would call it in Louisiana. It's going to save them time and money uh, because you won't have to go about locating all of those things. If they're just in one list, they know exactly where to go to find them all. You won't have to pay an attorney or an accountant to go search out for all these assets. They'll be They'll know exactly where everything is, and it'll make things a whole lot easier for everybody and just uh, make the whole process as simple as possible. Uh, another thing, and this is, comes up all the time, is you're going to maybe want to have some sort of list or some way for people to access your online accounts. So some people you know, actually make a you know, type up or write out a physical list of all their logins and passwords, and they put that in a safe deposit box or... Um, you know, they have maybe a locked note on their phone that has that information, or they just, you know, kind of at least tell somebody what one of your passwords is so they, maybe they can get into your email so that they have to reset passwords or anything like that. Just some way for people to get access to your uh, electronic and online life if something happens to you. Uh, because, I mean, it's still possible for your, uh, for your heirs and whoever's handling your estate uh, to get into those accounts, but it's a huge kind of cumbersome process, and it just makes it a whole lot easier if they have some way to at least get access to your email accounts or something like that that can give them access to the other things, uh, just so they don't have to go through the process of getting those from the companies directly. Uh, you know, it just saves everybody a lot of headaches if you have that written down somewhere or at least tell them maybe the password to your email or the password to your computer, something like that, just to kind of give them... Uh, you know, something to work with. And with these estate documents, you're going to want to make sure that you uh, tell someone where they're located uh, so that people don't have to go out and, and search through your house or try to figure out where you kept your, your will or your living will or anything like that. Uh, so you're just going to want to let somebody know, you know, I've got 
my estate documents are kept here. You know, some people keep it all in one folder. So they've got their will, living will, powers of attorney, medical power of attorney, all that kind of stuff. And, you know, uh, the document that lists where all their assets are and all their accounts are and everything like that. Some people just keep it all in one folder and they tell somebody, you know, in my desk at my house, in this drawer, that's where I keep all that. So if anything happens, that's where it all is. Also, the state of Louisiana offers some registries through the Secretary of State where you can register uh, where these documents are kept, and the Secretary of State will keep that information confidential uh, you know, until your heirs uh, come to him and present the required proof for him to release that information. They don't actually keep the copies of the documents. They just keep a form that tells your heirs when they come to the Secretary of State where these documents are located so that they know where to go look. So those are all options, but uh, you just want to let somebody know so that people aren't searching and that people don't think these documents don't exist. Because if you went through the trouble of getting these documents made, you're going to want people to know that they're out there, you know, especially things like a living will and a will, uh, because those are extremely important so that your, your, uh, your loved ones and your heirs know what your intentions were if you're not around anymore to tell them. So just kind of remember that. And keep in mind that this was just general advice. Uh, this wasn't supposed to be like sp- legal advice or financial advice specific to your situation. Uh, if you need that kind of specific advice for your situation, you can give me a call or contact me and I can refer you to someone. You know, I just know about closings, but this is kind of just general good advice for just the general public, anyone out there to kind of just think about once a year, just to make sure that everything's in order and make your life a little bit easier later on. Well, I hope that information was helpful. Uh, If you're listening to us on one of the podcast platforms, be it Apple, Amazon, Spotify, Google, uh, please subscribe, give us a review. If you're watching this or listening to this on YouTube, subscribe and give us a thumbs up. Uh, If you would like to see me talk about other topics or there's things you think I should, should have covered or should cover in another episode, just, you know, feel free to reach out. You can contact my company, uh, Lakeland Title, on Twitter at LakelandTitleBR or on Instagram at LakelandTitleBR. You can also find my company on Facebook at Facebook.com slash BRClosing. I'm on Facebook as well, and you can find me on Twitter at BJohnson or on Instagram at BGJohnson. If you need to contact the show, you can email us at podcast at BRClosing.com. If you want to email me personally, you can email me at Brian, B-R-Y-A-N, at brclosing.com, and you can always call the office if you need to at 225-387-5005. So that's it for this one, and see y'all next time.